Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back for another Tiger basketball podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, commercial appeal sports columnist. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer. Woo, it's been a busy week since our last podcast. we got a lot to get to in today's episode. We've gotten sort of some smoke uh, from the IARP. They've... they've they, they're showing their work now, Jason. Um, we don't we don't know exactly what they're going to ultimately do, but they're showing their work. We'll we're going to break down what this timeline release of the IRP means for Memphis. Um, I think Jason has some words of hope for Memphis fans, uh, and uh, so we'll break it all down here in a second. We also had Memphis Pro Day. Since we last joined you, we'll talk about what Penny Hardaway had to say after that, how he's going to shorten the rotation this year, it it appears, even though he's got this uber-talented team. And then uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, about 20, you know, a little over 24 hours from Memphis Madness. And uh, so we will preview Memphis Madness, which should be uh, the biggest collection of Tiger basketball fans in one place since the end of the... uh, 2019-20 2019-20 season. So uh, lots to get to, but let's start with the IARP. This James Wiseman uh, eligibility case that uh, we're going on two years now, Jason. Um, and yesterday, we hadn't heard very much in the way of details about what was happening. Um, yesterday, didn't get a lot of details, but we did get a sense of what's been happening. And I think the, I guess, you know, we got a timeline of what's been happening. And I think the key dates, if you will, are, you know, November 22nd is when this was initiated. So I think 12 days after Wiseman last played, something like that, um, in a game, or 10 days or so. The investigation was completed last February, according to this. Memphis got a notice of allegations in April and then also got an amended notice of allegations in July. Um, And in between all that, there's been back and forth between uh, the IRP and Memphis. Uh, President David Rudd has sent documents over or correspondence over. Penny Hardaway has sent correspondence over. Um, There's been, you know, uh, there's been requests for uh, uh, extensions and all that stuff. Um, and But the, the key thing is, is Memphis, I think, one thing to point out is Memphis now knows what the NCAA has on them, so to speak. 
they know what the full scope of this is if there's an amended notice of allegations. Um, and, or what I should say, what the NCAA thinks it has on them. You know what I mean? What they're alleging. Um, and I think there was, and, I, and I'm guilty of this too, when you read over the timeline, there was a sense of, uh-oh, there's not much else to do here. Um, this, could, this could mean that the sanctions Memphis gets from this will impact this coming season. Um, and the fear, obviously, is that the, the, the sanction could sanctions could include a postseason ban, which would be absolutely devastating with the team Penny Hardaway's put together this season. Um, but Jason, you did some digging um, over the last 24 hours, and I think came up with a pretty important caveat to all of this that I think should give some fans some hope. So without further ado, can you explain to the people why maybe maybe you know why the the jump the conclusion that was made because that's all people could do you had to read between the lines with this stuff um and speculate a little bit but why maybe the speculation got a little ahead of itself can you explain what you discovered and again this guy's just as guilty of doing the over speculating as anyone but can you explain why memphis fans should maybe be a little more hopeful than people thought yesterday when this was first released that Memphis, that, that this season might be unaffected by this case. Well, don't be so hard on yourself. Okay. Uh, I want to start there because you weren't the only one guilty of that. I, I too uh, fell into that uh, trap and, and there were others. There were, fans and observers and and people like us who also um got worried uh maybe maybe uh panicked a little bit um thinking that the sky is is falling and and bad thing you know uh well let's be clear the sky could still fall it just might not fall like in the next month or two maybe it just might not spoil the party that that everybody's been looking forward to for this current season Mm -hmm. um the season that penny hardaway came back for the, mm-hmm. You know, the season the that season he brought. everyone's been wanting since 2000, since 2008. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The season that he brought Larry Brown here for and Rasheed Wallace and Monty Bates and Jalen Duran and uh, 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 Earl Timberlake. Like, you know, the, it, it just, yeah. So here's what happened. Um, I uh, started looking a little bit more closely at the time, at Memphis's timeline and also compared it to um, – to some of the other timelines because uh, the IRP that, released timelines of all the cases they're they're doing right now NC State LSU Arizona Kansas and um who am I forget Louisville in addition to Memphis they're 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 doing they're working on six cases right now they released timelines for all of those so but you were looking at some of the others yep and one that stood out obviously uh was NC State NC State I believe was the Second, maybe the second uh, case that was sent to the IRP, but they received their first notice of allegations. They received a notice of allegations all the way back in July 2019 from the NCAA. So, like, their case technically started before Memphis's. Memphis, Memphis's case wasn't initiated until November 2019. So, I started looking a little bit more closely at NC State's case, and I noticed 
that it was the only so far of the six that has gone as far as the hearing phase. Um, and so I was talking it over with you and, and we were we were thinking that maybe maybe not every case has to have a hearing. Well, I checked with the IARP actually this morning, Tuesday morning, I talked to an IARP, IARP spokesperson who uh, confirmed to me that every uh, every case goes through a hearing phase. A formal hearing has to be held for every case. And there are a lot of procedural um, things that are associated with the hearing. There's pre, let me just look at the, uh, uh, at exactly the wording on the NC State um, case. There is a pre-hearing submission brief that has to be submitted. Uh, there is a hearing status conference that has to be conducted and a hearing status re conference report that has to be issued. All that stuff has to happen before the actual hearing. So I, what I did was I looked back to find uh, at the timeline, at NC State's timeline, to see when their amended notice of allegations was submitted to them. And it was... February 1st, 2021. February 1st. There you go. So yeah. NC State got a got a got an amended notice of allegations on February 1st and their hearing didn't take place for another 8 months. When right? did it, so their hearing took place on August, August 9th. 9th and 10th. That, yeah. That's shorter than 8 months, I believe. February to August? Oh, you're right. 6 months. 6 months. It took 6 months. Um yes. But if we take that and apply it to Memphis here, Memphis received its uh, amended notice of allegations uh, in the beginning of July, I believe. And so that would leave us at August, September, October, November, December, January at the earliest when they have a hearing. But is there any, and, and looking at this NC State case, even though they had the hearing in August, here we are two months later and nothing new has come out of that case. So if, if we're to apply that to the Memphis case, well, that takes us to March. And, you know, if we can just if we can just get past the first week in April, you know, this team and, and frankly, like, do you really do we really believe they would apply, you know, if we got to March at that moment in time? They would tell a team, a school, they can't go to the NCAA tournament or something like yeah. that at that late imagine. juncture in the season. Yeah, I can't imagine that they would just say, "Okay, we've reached our decision. Now go home." Uh, we we know you're getting ready to face, you know, uh, uh, somebody um, at in, in the NCAA tournament, uh, possibly the the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight. But but go home. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna throw this whole thing into a tailspin so and send you home. I, I, don't, I don't I don't see that happening. So that's I mean that's good news. That's in, indisputably better news than what we thought we were getting yesterday. In that yeah, essentially, there are more there are there are several more steps that appear that need to happen before we get any sort of ruling from the IARP. That's that's sort of the conclusion we can make here. Okay, so I think I think it's 
to be fair to this whole thing, nobody's nobody is saying that uh, nobody is saying that that this is exactly how it's going to go. That yeah. the, way, the way the NC State timeline has played out, and uh, nobody's saying that that's exactly how it's going to go for Memphis. Nobody's saying that. Yeah, we Memphis- can't know it'll be six months between the time there was an amended notice of allegations and a hearing like there was with NC State. All we can say for certain, based on what you got from the spokesperson, is there is a hearing to come. Right. There is a hearing that has to take place, and we have not gotten – yeah, yeah, we have not gotten to that point. I'll I'll read you the quote uh, that I got from the the IARP spokesperson. If if the hearing is not part of the timeline, then it hasn't happened yet. And so – we know that a hearing has to take place. We know it hasn't taken place yet. Um, and that stuff, all that stuff takes time. I mean, you know, just look at the NC State timeline. It's it's taken months. It has taken months to get through, you know, to get from uh, the amended notice of allegations to the hearing. And it's taken at least two months. It's already taken two months for the IARP to conclude, conduct and conclude its hearing with NC State and render a decision. It hasn't rendered rendered a decision. Right. A decision still hasn't been rendered, and it's been more than two months. Now, that's not saying that it's going to be two-plus months for every team, but uh, it's interesting. It's It's hope that this will get to – because I think, you know, ultimately – one, you don't want a postseason ban in general, whether it's this year or next year. Like that, that'd be, you know, it stinks. But with the team Memphis has in place, like it looks like a team that, if things fall right, could go to the Final Four. And to have a postseason ban would just be a huge uh, lingering over the, you know, it would ruin the season. Um, and so this, I think, is at least hope that, you know what, we're not really close to the end of this yet and um to me it's hope that you know even if the punishment is bad at least we might at least we we, at least it could be a punishment that gives us this year you know what i mean like gives memphis fans this year yeah and i don't get the sense that you know like let's say memphis gets to the point where they can hang a banner or something like that i don't i don't see you know, it doesn't. This doesn't feel like a situation where wins are going to be vacated or uh, uh, banners are going to be taken down, right? I mean, like this is this is not From involved. Two in season, it would be if they won the title two seasons ago with Wiseman on the team. Then you right. have banners taken down or something like that. If if when all this when push comes to shove, and so there's a lot of unanswered questions still. You know, one, what are the sanctions going to be? When exactly they're going to be rendered? Um, what exactly this involves? Is it just the fact that they played Wiseman in those three games two years ago, or has the scope of the investigation broadened? Because that, when you do the IRP, um, when you go into the IRP, they, you know, they are allowed to investigate whatever they want, not just what originally put you in the IRP. And I should note another sort of confirmation that came from the timeline. There was there was a thought that Memphis requested that this case go in the IARP. If you read the timeline, that is not what happened. The NCAA requested that this case go in the IARP. And I should remind folks that 
you know, this doesn't have to do really. I mean, it, I guess it indirectly has to do with Wiseman's mother getting $11,500 from Penny Hardaway. But the reason Memphis has an infractions case is not because James Wiseman's mother got $11,500. It's because they played him in those three games when the NCAA told him they shouldn't. That's, that's, that's what this stems from. And I, I've maintained throughout this whole thing, from the night it happened to now, that you know it was a terrible decision by the administration at Memphis. It made no, didn't make a lot of sense in the moment, and the fact that it could endanger like a second season essentially makes it look even sillier in retrospect. Um, Short sighted, um, but good news is made. You know, like here we are a month out from what could be a really special Memphis basketball season, and and I think the. The update you've given us, Jason, I think is, uh, I, I think is, yeah, I don't know if it's good news or not yet because everything's so vague with all this, but it feels like better news than what we thought we were getting yesterday. Um, yeah, so. uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The other thing I want to, I don't know, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this before, but um, it's, uh, I think I did. The, the, but, but just to reiterate, we are going to get regular updates to these timelines. Uh, every month, at the beginning of every month, the IRP is going to release an updated timeline for each case. And I think that's huge. Um, you know, we don't have to go very long to wonder whether or not a hearing has taken place, has been held. Like if they hold a hearing, if they hold a hearing a week from now, we're going to know at the beginning of November that a hearing has been held. So I think that's, I think that's a really, uh, a, a big thing that, um, you know, people need to pay attention to. Well, and and just and I believe the hearing process is um, it's it's where the independent resolution panel essentially adjudicates the evidence. The notice they they determine what is fat what what is what is accurate, if you will, in the notice of allegations. Correct. Yeah, that's my understanding. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so it's essentially the trial. It's a hearing slash trial. It's the trial ultimately. Yeah, um, yeah. It's where everybody, yeah, it's where everybody uh, gets in the same room and uh, uh, goes over the facts of the case, and and that's that. That's my understanding of how that of how that goes. Okay. Well, but we you know, see. again, again, looking at the NC State timeline, uh, you know, there's it's there's all like, these... it's a lot like the Supreme Court where like you argue the case of the Supreme Court, but it takes like months for them to actually issue their decision. Yeah, like you're looking at it here, June 16th, resolution of pre-hearing procedural issues issued. That was June 16th. A month goes by, and then they they submit a final pre-hearing brief. So then that so that happens. Uh, uh, another two weeks roughly goes by and there is a hearing status conference conducted another week a hearing status conference report is issued and then another week the hearing is conducted and then here we are two months later and there still hasn't been a decision rendered so it's there there is a lot of uh time that, seems to uh, me seems, seems to like me memphis should be looking memphis should look at that nc state timeline and do whatever nc state's doing because if we can get this, we can get this like six, seven months down the line. That would be ideal. 
Well, I think they're doing more just looking at Memphis's compared to NC State's. Memphis is requesting extensions that NC State didn't do. And yeah, I mean, like, I still think that there are a number of steps before even the hearing part starts that still have to be done in Memphis's case. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I just think if a hearing started today, Based on the NC State timeline, the soonest we would hear a decision would be like late December, and a hearing's not starting today. So, uh, it just, we don't, just, you know, we don't, you know, ultimately, you know, these because there's never been an, a fully adjudicated IRP case, you, you don't, you don't know if the NC State timeline will be the same as the Memphis timeline. It, it could be different. We, we, we're, we're, we're all just guessing at this point because they, they're probably, honestly, they're probably kind of coming up with it on the fly a little bit. Even this releasing the timelines, they weren't planning to do that when they first came up with the IARP. That they, they did, they changed that as they went along um, because they were taking criticism from people going, you know, what are they doing? And this was a this was a way to show people here. Here's what we're doing. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was them saying, "Hey, it's not us. Uh, we've been. We've been. You know, we're kind of at the mercy of. Uh, you know, the 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 finagling and maneuvering and 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 all that stuff that that the others the other parties in these cases are are up to. So here it is. Here's what's been happening. Here's why it's taken so long. Don't blame us. Yeah. So. Really interesting stuff, Jason. I, I suggest y'all check out his story on commercialappeal.com about it as well. All right, let's move on to some some uh, less uh, less procedural news, if you will. We are about a month out now, less than a month from the start of the regular season. And last week, Jason, uh, Memphis had Pro Day uh, over at the Lori Walton Family Basketball Center. Uh, every NBA team was represented there. More than 75 scouts, a bunch of GMs were there. Um, and it was a showcase moment for the program uh, and for what Penny Hardaway's built this season. Um, they were all there. You know, they a lot of them were there to see Imani Bates and Jalen Duren. Um, and it seemed like both players acquitted themselves well uh, in that sort of showcase moment. Um, we got to see Earl Timberlake practice for the first time, you know, for the first time. It sounds like he's, he's at that point a week ago, he had done, you know, three or five practices at that point, And he looked, you know, I'll be honest, his shooting motion looked a little shaky, but otherwise looked healthy, um, with that shoulder injury. Um, and, uh, it was interesting. Jonathan Gavoni from ESPN, who was there released a new mock draft today he had Earl at number 37 now in his mock draft. So he had him as a late first round pick, like in the 20 range, 20, 25 range before dropped him to 37. Jalen Duran was at number four. Um, and then with Amani, Amani's not eligible for next year's draft, but got positive reviews uh, from Gavoni, even though his measurables elicited some, uh, some interesting social media feedback because his wingspan is shorter than his height. He's got small hands, his vertical jump, his vertical jump that he measured at wasn't great. But as Gavoni pointed out, when you watched him in the workout, his head was at the rim when he was dunking the ball. So I think he probably just had a bad test 
with the vertical jump, you know, and the yeah. wingspan stuff he'd been measured before. So like the scouts kind of knew that already. Um, as Gavoni put it, it was like a, you know, with with Amani, it was kind of a mixed bag offensively. It was like because he's playing point guard, he's still trying to figure it out a little bit, but showed enough where you were encouraged by what he could be as a point guard for this Memphis team. <clears throat> and then it sounds, I mean, Jalen Duran, it sounds like really helped himself with this pro day because he's just a physical specimen. And the question with him was always his motor. And that didn't look like a problem at pro day. Um, and then you had, you know, other guys, it sounds like, who who kind of showed well. Josh Minot, John Camden, I think, flashed some things. Like, he is a – I don't see how you're going to be able to keep him off the court just because I think he might be this team's best shooter. Um, Maybe. I mean, Landers Nolly is still here. Um, so you've got him. Lester Quinones is still here. There's also the two practices. The two practices we've watched, John Camden's been the best shooter on the team. Now, there's been a lot more than two practices, so but right. so take that for what it's worth. What were your impressions from Pro Day, Jason? Well, I thought Jalen Duran, uh, like he scares the bejesus out of me. Um, he's 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 just enormous uh, and and plays with a sort of an edge to him, um, and and that was just in the setting that we were at, like, I don't think he was trying to, uh, I feel like he's got more in the tank from a, from a, uh, from an intensity standpoint. I don't, I don't get the sense that, you know, you're necessarily, um, trying to embarrass people, uh, at pro day. And so, uh, that, that is, is fun to think about, uh, if nothing else. Um, but he's, he's just, he's so big, he's so strong and and can do so many things uh he's not just a dunker um and and that was i talked to uh matt babcock who was there um who who's uh, a scout uh for uh like a media scout and um you know he he was telling me that uh you know we all knew everybody knows you know, Jalen Duran is a force uh, uh, inside, under the basket. You know, off the glass, he he's a a fine rebounder, a great rebounder, uh, and and a um, you know a, just a lot to handle uh, uh, on the offensive on the offensive and defensive end um, under the basket. But they are, uh, but Memphis is sort of showcasing him in different ways. They're showing that he can. Uh, handle the ball, you know, uh, uh, away from the basket a little bit. That he can, that he's, you know, that he showed off his screen setting abilities and um, and and his uh, jump shot. He he uh, showed a little bit of that, and it looked really good. So he was he was really, I think, the most impressive uh, person, even despite the fact that you knew he was going to be impressive. Um, I, I think everybody was sort of uh, can can sort of agree that he won pro day. Excuse me, but um, but Amani Bates uh, did a lot of what Amani Bates does and and impressed a lot of people um, despite his measurables. Uh, to me, though, uh, Josh Minot was he just continues to you you, you uh, at least I went into pro day thinking he's not going to show me anything or show these scouts anything uh, that's going to be head and shoulders above what they expected. And that's kind of how I thought. That's kind of how I thought he would 
he would do in the Iverson Classic uh, earlier this earlier this year in Memphis. You know, I didn't. I thought he would go out there and play well. I thought he uh, wouldn't embarrass himself at the Iverson Classic. But he was one of the better. He had one of the better showings um, at that game. Uh, and so, and 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 this the pro day was kind of the same way. I didn't. I I thought he would go out there. He would hold his own. He wouldn't embarrass himself. But he. You know, he was playing really good defense. He was uh, playing multiple positions. He was dunking. He was shooting. He was getting his teammates involved. And uh, I think he, uh, 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 you know, scouts and, and everybody who was there came away feeling a lot uh, better about him than they went into it. Yeah. No, it was interesting. And then Penny spoke at – so the pro day was multiple days, but we were only there one day. Um, allowed to be there one day. And Penny spoke afterwards to the media. And I, I think probably the most interesting thing he said, especially given what we're talking about here, how many talented players are on this team, um, he said that he is only going to have a nine or ten man rotation this year. Um, now, I'm going to be honest, I'll believe it when I see it, but it is notable that he said that. Um because there's a lot more than nine or ten guys who you could see, you could envision playing for this team. Um, if we're to if we're to make the assumption that there's the top six, Amani Bates, Jalen Duran, DeAndre Williams, Lester Quinones, Landers Nolly, and Earl Timberlake, those are your six. Then let's say, you know, Josh Minot and. Uh, Chandler Lawson, I think, is certainly going to be part of the mix. So that leaves you with three spots for Camden, John Camden, uh, Alex Lomax, um, maybe Jonathan Lawson. Who else am I forgetting here? You mentioned Malcolm Dandridge yet? Malcolm Dandridge. I mean, there's Tyler Harris. Yeah. Um, I know I'm forgetting someone prominent. So let's hang on. I'm gonna pull up the roster. Yeah. Um. Let's Jaden see. Hardaway. Yeah, Jaden Hardaway. You know he'll be in the mix. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Um. So I think it's pretty clear to me who it would be. I'd probably have some form like John. Like I told you, I think it's going to be really hard to keep John Camden not in the rotation because he's such a good shooter. It's a valuable thing to have, and he's six eight and can you know can do some other things other than shoot the ball. Um, I think you probably want someone like Lomax as like a backup point guard, like. You know, not playing 20, maybe only playing 10 minutes a game or something like that. But, you know, he's, you know, Lomax is a true point guard. Um, Alex Lomax feels, real quick about Alex Lomax, it feels like he is going to be Penny's ace in the hole when they they need a crunch time, defensive, meaningful minutes stretch out of somebody for defense and – uh, uh, leadership and uh, offensive initiation, it feels like he's going to be that sort of ace in the hole guy. He'll get in a few times here and there, maybe in the first half, but like in the second half in crunch time, 
if there ever is a crunch time with this team, uh, which there will be, but not maybe not much, um, that Alex Lomax is going to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. No, and then you know, whether it's – and then my guess is the 10th guy probably depends on what you need in a given game. Like maybe it's Jonathan Lawson or Jaden Hardaway or Tyler Harris. Maybe if you're in foul trouble down low, it's Malcolm Dandridge. That's probably how, how the rotation probably shakes out, if indeed it's nine or ten guys. But I think that's encouraging because yeah. I thought Memphis played its best last year when Penny, through injuries, was forced to go down to nine or ten guys. That's how they made their NIT run, was in with that type of rotation. So um, I was encouraged to hear Penny uh, say that after the pro day. Okay. Last but not least, we got Memphis Madness coming up. Um, not as much intrigue about the musical acts as we've had in previous years. I believe Jeff Crane said on the radio today there could be six or seven musical acts. Um, I think it'll be a cool moment for the program just because it is the first time, like I said, since 2019-20 season that... 20, whatever, 18,000, however many people can fit in FedEx Forum, that many people, that many Tiger basketball fans are going to be together in one place. Um, and, you know, it'll be a celebration of this, what was a magical offseason and what could be what's setting up to be a potentially magical season for Memphis basketball. It'll, it'll be a cool moment for the program, regardless of whether the I know who the the musical acts are or not. <laughs> so speaking of the musical acts, do you think that, I mean, like, you know, Penny Hardaway is his own attraction. Like he is, you know, people want to come and uh, perform because Penny Hardaway is involved. But do you see that? Is it possible that the musical acts for this year's Memphis Madness will sort of level up uh, because because they want to be in the building. They want to meet Imani Bates and Jalen Duran. Like, um, you know, Imani Bates is a, is a well-known quantity uh, entity. And, you know, like, is there going to be sort of a level up in, in musical acts just because, you know, they, they want to sort of associate themselves with Imani Bates, uh, I think yeah. Memphis rap right now is so big that I think it'll be heavy on Memphis rap. Like, Moneybag Yo is, you know, he was there a couple years ago, and frankly, you know, he had a number one album in the country not that long ago. Like, he's a pretty he pretty big, you know, I was in Philadelphia this past weekend, like, they're listening to Moneybag Yo there. You know, like, I, I my guess would be it's not going to be, like, some international superstar like Drake. It'll be heavy on the Memphis, but, like, Frankly, like the Memphis rap scene is so big right now that like that is kind of a national. Uh, those are national artists. Um, I just they, wonder. They, my guess would be I mean, it's one bit one person from like out of town who's big. A couple yeah. guys who are from Memphis or gals who are big, um, and then a few others. That would be my guess because I can't imagine the budget is big enough where you can get like six huge acts. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree with you on Moneybag Yo, but I do want to say he's been he's been to Memphis Madness uh, each of the last two times that it's been held with people in attendance, and um, so 
you know, that's kind of what I was thinking is maybe he takes a year off. But no, I, I think if there's any Memphis rapper that's going to be there, they're going to make sure Moneybag Yo is I that guy. That will get a Yo Gotti appearance, you know, something like that. I mean, honestly, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be totally honest, especially with a team like this. Like, who cares who the musical acts are? Like, I, I just want to get to the season. <laughs> like, I'm going to no, be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like there's been way less anticipation this year, partly because there's been so much anticipation for the actual season. And frankly, that's the best way to have it. Like Memphis madness is great. It's a great, it's a pep rally for the program, but like ultimately what I think is a great dynamic this year is that, you know, the season is going to be, you know, Unless the IRP gets in the way or something, like the season's going to be way more exciting than Memphis Madness, which is not to say Memphis Madness is not going to be exciting. It's more to emphasize, like, this season is going to shape it up to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no. If it's allowed. You're right. Yeah, you, me, and the fan, and most of the fans don't don't care about the, you know, what musical acts are going to be there. But those those recruits and those players do. That's That's for sure. Yeah, so we shall see. We'll have tons of coverage during Memphis Madness and coming out of Memphis Madness uh, leading into and, – and, and by next week, we'll be talking about the first exhibition game uh, of, the, of the year. We're, we're getting closer and closer to this thing finally officially getting kick-started. Um, so uh, make sure you're checking out commercialappeal.com uh, throughout the week. Um, but till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Thanks so much. And uh, have fun at Memphis Madness. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.